I have tried this month to paint for you with words God's beautiful picture, His beautiful, beautiful portrait of unity. It's found in Holy Scripture. I've tried to develop a feeling of love, a feeling of belonging, by showing the steps that we need to take to have unity with God. First, we saw how hard it is to unify with God if we're not unified with ourselves first. A house divided cannot stand. You're either in or you're out. You can't be double-minded. And when you're torn, it's hard to be a Christian. To take a stand, we must be different from the rest of the world. Do people see you as different? As Christians, we must be deliberate. Deliberate in our plans. Deliberate in our worship. Deliberate in our attendance. Deliberate in our giving. We must be detached. We must be in the world, but not of the world. We must learn to be diligent. To turn neither to the right or to the left by being devoted. By putting God first in our lives. We learned all of these principles as Paul described our brother in Christ. Onesiphorus in 2 Timothy chapter 1 verses 16 through 18. Then this month in sermon and song we learned to recognize and accept that for unity to occur in the church we must recognize and accept Ephesians chapter 4 verses 4 through 6 that there is but one body, the church. There is but one spirit, the Holy Spirit. There is but one hope, and that's in Jesus Christ. And there is one Lord, Christ Jesus. We must recognize and accept there is but one faith, the teachings of Christ, and only one baptism, Christ, and only one God, the Father of all. We must humbly recognize and accept where our basis for unity comes from and understand that we may be different But in the great facts of Ephesians chapter 1, verses 4 through 6, we must be unified as the body of Christ. We then focused on the family in this multi-phased portrait of unity and how a united family is a winning combination. A winning combination for the church, a winning combination for our communities. A unified family can be of great benefit to the church and her mission if they are one Christ-centered. 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 1-6, through 6, committed. Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, and concentrated on mutual love and mutual respect. Today, we focus and finish our portrait 
And where you hang this portrait in your life is up to you. Portraits we are proud of, we usually put out for for everyone to see. We're proud of them. And today it's my hope that you will hang your feelings of love and belonging, your feeling of unity in the center of your life. We have read or referred to Jesus' prayer for unity in John chapter 17, but today we examine this great chapter and finish our portrait of unity with God, unity with Jesus, unity with the truth and each other. And more importantly, love. In John chapter 17, Jesus' prayer finishes a long Discourse that starts in chapter 13 and ends in chapter 18 when Jesus with his disciples cross the brook Kidron and they go to the garden. Jesus goes to the garden to be arrested, later tried, later found guilty of crimes he didn't commit and hung on a cross later buried, and then later, after three days, to rise from the dead and to be seen by hundreds. But before these events happen, before these events occur, in John chapter 17, Jesus prays for himself, he prays for his disciples, and he prays for all believers. Beginning in John chapter 17, verse 1, follow along. As we allow Jesus to fill in the remaining colors and foreground for God's beautiful portrait of unity. Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son also may glorify you as you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I have glorified you on earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. And now, O Father, glorify me together with Yourself, with the glory which I had with You before the world was. For God's idea of unity to be realized in our lives, we must first unify with God. And only God could glorify or give the highest honor and praise that there ever was to give to Jesus Christ. Only God could do that. Only God, who is spirit, could give authority to His Son, who is flesh. Only God could give Jesus the ability to give eternal life to everyone. Like Jesus, we should glorify God on this earth. And finish the work we have been given to do. Only unified in this work and purpose can we be unified with God. As we we unite with Jesus Christ. Who was with God before the world began. Jesus was there. 
God has all authority and He gave His authority to Jesus. To be unified with God, we must first be unified with Christ. I have manifested your name to the men whom you have given me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me and they have kept your word. Now they have known that all things which you have given me are from you. For I have given them the words which you have given me. And they have received them and have known surely that I came forth from you. And they have believed that you sent me. Jesus made known God's name. Who God is. Who God was. Who God will be. He made them known to the disciples, God known to the disciples that walked and talked and, and, and learned with Jesus. Who were given to Jesus, as it says here in Scripture, by God, as, as are all future disciples of God. We who are added to the church by God, Acts chapter 2 verse 47, are Jesus' disciples here on this earth. Look around you. Look in front of you and behind you and, and beside you. If you're looking at a Christian, you're looking at someone who is God-given. Jesus paid His disciples, as you notice here in this Scripture, the highest of compliments. Notice they kept God's Word. This rule Jesus made known earlier in John chapter 14, verse 21, in, in his conversation with the disciples, that if you love me, if you love God, you'll keep my word. If one keeps God's word, it shows that they love God. Friends, to truly love God, we must keep his word. We must be diligent to do so. If we love God, we'll do what He says. We, like the disciples, will believe and continue to believe. Unity with God requires faith on our part. I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for those whom you have given me. For they are yours. And all mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. Now I am no longer in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to you. Holy Father, keep through your name those whom you have given me, that they may be one as we are. The world doesn't believe. The world hates us. The world hates Christians just, just like it did Jesus. You either love and obey or you don't. There's no gray area and the devil owns the fence. If you are in Christ, you are in God and we must, until we die, be in the world but not of it. The apostles... In a, bitter wor in a bitter world they gave us the truth inspired by the Holy Spirit they gave us the truth that's found in the New Testament 
while I was with them in the world, Jesus says, I kept them in your name. Those whom you gave me, I have kept. And none of them is lost except the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I come to you. And these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have also sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself that they may also be sanctified by truth. None of Jesus' followers were lost, except for Judas, the betrayer. And if you're in Christ Jesus, if you're in Him, you're not lost either, unless you decide to betray To leave the unity that God has provided, to step off the ark of salvation into the waves of the world. Jesus didn't want that for them. Jesus wanted their joy, their hard time happiness to be like His joy. The world hates us because it hated Him. Why do we follow it so many times? You know, if your child or grandchild were at school and they followed a crowd that openly hated them, what would you advise your child? Would you not say something? When we follow after the world, we become unified with the world, not with God. What will you give for your soul? Notice what Jesus prays for. Verse 15, we must be in the world, but Jesus prays to keep the evil one away from the disciples. You know, if Satan is out of your life, the way is clear. We need to pray more and more for the evil one to be out of our lives. When we do, be careful. When you pray for the evil one to be out of your life, you may get what you pray for. You may be out of a situation that you used to like to be in because the devil was there. That's what you prayed for. You may be out of a job because the devil's there. You asked him to keep the evil one away from you, and that's where the devil is. You may be out of a relationship because the devil's there. Let's pray to God. Let's pray for Him to keep the evil one out of our lives. Let's go to God in prayer. Pray with me. Most kind and most loving Heavenly Father, we come to You now, Lord. As Jesus came to You, Lord, praying. Praying for each other. Praying for ourselves. Recognizing You as the one true God.
the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of David the king, the God by whose word this world was made and whose word became flesh and dwelt among us for a little while. We pray to you, Heavenly Father, to keep the evil one out of our lives. Keep the evil one out of our lives. Keep the devil and his tricks out of our lives. Keep us safe from him, Lord. We want to be pleasing to you. And only you. And if that means getting out of worldly things that we enjoy, Lord, to be pleasing to you, let that be in our lives, Lord. Let us be right with you. Let us be close to you. Let us be unified with you, Lord. In the name of of your Son, Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Verse 17. What a compliment Jesus pays to the disciples. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is is truth. God the Father, Jesus is saying, they're they're just like me. They're not of the world. They're, They're just like I am. What a compliment. Could Jesus pay that compliment to you? Set them apart by your truth. When we hold God's truth in our hands, we're we're set apart from the world. We stand away from the world, opposed to the world. God and His Word are truth. Jesus sent the apostles, and by extension, we here today to... Go into all the world with the gospel of Jesus to to teach, to baptize, and to teach again. Taking God's precious truth into the world so that the lost can escape damnation and live with God forever in unity. The truth of God's word sanctifies us, It, it sets us apart from the world, apart so that we can all be one. Verse 20. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. I love the foresight of my Savior to pray for me, to pray for you, to pray for all of us in Christ Jesus. Through God's word, we believe. By God's word, written in the New Testament, by the disciples and the apostles, inspired by God, we learned we were lost and without hope. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 12. We learned through God's holy word, by God's grace, we heard and understood the gospel of Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 10 verse 17. We believed in Jesus as God's Son, John 8, 24. We confessed the name of Jesus before others, Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. We turned away from the world and repented of our sins, Acts chapter 2, verse 38. And these desires, these, this sin, we, we, they, were, they, were, they were washed away, Acts twenty two sixteen. 16. We were buried with Christ in baptism, Romans chapter 6, verse 4. We understand that God wants us to put Him first in our lives. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. 
We understand from God's truth that we need to study and learn His Word. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, to obey Him faithfully. Matthew chapter 7, and verse 21. We have learned through God's truth that He wants us to pray to Him. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Just as Jesus gives example here in John 17. God's truth tells us that we must worship Him in the right way. John chapter 4, verse 24. In spirit and in truth. So that we can tell all about the one true God. And that we can all be one. We in Christ. Christ in God. They in us. Unified, we can help teach and save others. Mark 16, 15. To have unity, the truth tells us that we must understand that as Christians, we have changed. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17, it says, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Please understand You're not like you once were. And if you continue to act like you once were, you're not unified with God. You're not unified with Jesus. You're not walking in the truth. You're new. You've changed. And that growth is essential. We must add 1 Peter chapter 5 Chapter 1, verses 5 through 9. We must add to our faith goodness, to our goodness knowledge, to our knowledge self-control, to our self-control perseverance, to our perseverance godliness, to our our godliness brotherly kindness, to our brotherly kindness. We must add love. We We must continue to grow. Only here, only here can we be one. We represent Jesus Christ. And the glory which you have given me, I have given them. That they may be one just as we are one, I and them, and you and me. That they may be perfect in one. And the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them just as you have loved me. Father, I desire that they also, whom you gave me, may be with me where I am. That they may behold my glory which you have given me. For you have loved me before the foundation of the world. Unified, we have the glory. We have the great honor. That's what glory means. Great honor. We have the great honor of being one with the Father, one with the Son, one with the truth, one with each other. That's an honor. We should treat it as such. Only with Jesus in us can we achieve perfect unity, which means we must repent if need be. This perfect oneness will show this neighborhood, it will show this community that we're unified, that we're one. Those near and far, they'll see that we're, that we're one. And though we may be small, we are fierce. Fierce in love, fierce in truth. Notice verse 25, oh Righteous Father, 
The world has not known you, but I have known you. And these have known that you sent me. And I have declared to them your name and will declare it that the love which you loved me may be in them and I in them. God is right. God is, is, is right. He's, he's our righteous Father. The world doesn't know this. The world doesn't care. But you do. You do. You're here. Now. You care. You want unity. God so loved the world that He gave them Jesus. And it is with this great love that we put the last stroke on our beautiful portrait of unity. God's beautiful painting of of unity. Love is the final stroke. It's the basis for unity. For God is love. 1 John 4 verse 8. Cross your own brook Kidron now. And come to understand that unity within you, unity with the church, unity in your family, unity with God, with with Jesus, unity with, with the truth, unity with each other, will come by God's chosen way for unity. And that's love. I extend an invitation now for those who have never obeyed the gospel to obey it. Come right now. Be unified with us as together we stand and sing.